0: Okay, you're very welcome to another episode of the Executive Code Podcast. And I'm here with the pilot, Nicole Young, in order to go through whatever questions that you might have and also to drill down into a little bit more information that uh, Nicole wants to drill down into. As you know, you can listen to this podcast on any of your podcast channels, whether we Spotify or iTunes, but you can also watch the video podcast on our YouTube channel. All the links are in the show notes or you can go to our website, paulwilliamdavis.com, and you'll find out more resources and more information of how you can get in contact with us, as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel and our podcast. So I'll hand it over to Nicole to ask the questions that you guys want to ask. So Nicole, what what have you got for us this week?
1: So Paul, on the previous episodes, we talked about having only three things to do uh, on our to-do list each day time blocking and increasing our sensitivity to our intuition Intuition by training our mind to become more focused. But in an easily distracted world with all sorts of screens and social media around us, how can we train our minds to focus and become more disciplined and increase our motivation and willpower to get things
0: done? Okay. First of all, let me ask you, because I know there's a few subscribers that want to know how you're getting on with your own top three and your time zoning. So how are you getting on from a, the top three perspective? And, and what have you seen work or what have you changed?
1: So for me, I, uh, I've tried both the top three a week and the top three a day method. And it was a bit too much for me <laughs> personally. Um, I was just planning most of the time instead of actually doing what I was supposed to, what I planned to do. And so I switched to the top three a day instead And that worked out better for me, but not uh, as well as I wanted it to, because I would usually not even be able to finish one out of the top three a day at the most two, but I never got to doing all three things that planned for the day. And so you suggested that I do the top three a week and that's worked out better for me actually, because it's given me more flexibility in my weekly schedule to kind of move things around and, you know, deal with unexpected emergencies, things I have to do. Uh, that weren't in the top three or not even on my to-do list at all. And so um, it's given me more motivation as well as kind of less stress and more of a sense of achievement because when I was doing the top three a day, I never got, you know, the top three done uh, for that day.
0: Okay, good, good. It it will be important to try and build a a habit, first of all, of doing the top three. So if it's it's top three in a week or top three in a day, it's fine. But what you also want to build up is that you are actually achieving the three things that you've set out to achieve. Um, and what that will do is reinforce the actual habit for yourself. And there will be a sense of achievement at the end of the week that you've achieved your top three. So one thing to, to keep in mind is that, you know, based on what your schedule is like for the week and based on the kind of work that you got to get done and the amount of time that you have available, you want to pick three things that are going to be achievable with all those constraints. So the time that you have available, look at what can be actually achieved. So instead of picking three things that you know, you know, it's it's nearly impossible, or you're putting yourself under a huge amount of pressure in order to actually achieve within that week, try and break some of the tasks down. So therefore, when you actually achieve the small actions out of ultimately what you you do want to achieve well then what it's going to do is going to reinforce for yourself and that sense of accomplishment and that sense of achievement so it's going to it's it's self-perpetuating i can't even pronounce the word but it's self-perpetuating in terms of it will help you to move forward and build your motivation in what it is that you want to achieve how are you getting on in terms of the the time zoning
1: um, time zoning has worked moderately well for me as well. So I've been doing, you know, um, blocks of one and a half hours, as you recommend it, of work each time. And then with a 15 minute break in between blocks. Um, and I have, I know you recommend it for a day as the goal. I i have planned five a day. <laughs> I just have enough, you know, time in my my schedule for five a day. Um, but I usually get maybe half of those done Um issue by the biggest issue I have is um, actually using that full one and a half hours to focus and sit down and do it without being distracted by anything else. Cause you know, I'll, I'll start with something, you know, start that one and a half hour time block doing something I wanted to do on my to-do list. And then I'll get distracted by my phone or like an email comes in or um, you know, I, an unconscious thought comes in and then I need to write it down.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or I need to look something up, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, I just remember something, or I go to like a different web page and uh, to find something else I need to do, and then half an hour later, I come back to that thing I wanted that I was doing in the first place, and then I realize like half, well, a third of the block has has already passed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> that's my biggest issue for now.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So hence the reason why your questions of how can we actually focus a little bit better. Okay, a few different things. One is, let me go back to something that you said there in terms of an email might come in or, or something might happen. So let's classify them as being interruptions. And what you want to try and do is limit as many interruptions as you possibly can. So if you've got, for example, that you're, you're working with a team, and, and whether it be, be on a virtual team or whether it be a physical team in, in the office, for example, what you want to do is that everybody's aware and informed that you're you're focused on a particular task. Um, a bit like, for example, if, if you're in a meeting and nobody could disturb you in that meeting. So for that particular zone is what you want to focus on and therefore the people around you know not to disturb you. So that, that's one aspect. The next aspect is what you want to do is try and eliminate as many of the interruptions as possible. The interruptions come in multiple different forms so it can be a beep on your whatsapp it can be a notification on your desktop or your laptop in terms of that you receive an email or somebody's trying to contact you through skype or whatever so if you can imagine that if say for example you get a notification on your on your laptop to say that you've received a new email you might have all the determination in the world to keep focused on what it is that you're doing however your brain has been distracted and it's been interrupted and from that interruption I use the phrase curiosity, kill the cat, which is an old term. And what happens is that that curiosity is still building in your mind in order to find out, even though you may see where the email is coming from or who it's coming from, you still want to find out what the email is about. So if you think about it from the perspective of curiosity, kill the cat, that curiosity will build up so much that you will stop what you're doing in order to find out what the email is about. Now, if you can imagine that you're getting a series of emails over the period of your 90-minute period, well, then that's a lot of distractions. So what you want to do is the first protocol is what I tell my clients is turn off all notifications. So all the email notifications that you get, all the alerts that you get, absolutely turn off all of them. So therefore, you don't receive them. If something is going to be really, really urgent that somebody needs to get in contact with you, they will get in contact with you in some shape or form. So they'll, they'll find a way to get you even to the point of switching off your phone. And I mean, switching off phone in terms of putting it on silent or putting it on airplane mode is one or the other in order, again, you're, you're avoiding those interruptions actually coming in. So that, that, that's, that's the first protocol and actually to to eliminate as many interruptions as possible. But what you're referring to is, is two things. One is in primarily from from my perspective, based on the question that that I'm hearing from you is our habits and how much discipline we actually have. So it's easy to get distracted by perhaps maybe scrolling on social media or looking at web pages. And before we know it, we're looking at a particular web page and we end up going through 10 other different websites because we literally just get consumed in the information that we're digesting, whether it be on social media or whether it be on, through the web pages. One thing that I find for a lot of people, especially for people that over the last couple of years, through the pandemic situation or people that would be self-employed and working from home is that they the tv is the biggest thing it's the biggest distraction so either they have a radio on in the background and if you can imagine and they're listening to the radio and then a conversation starts on the radio whereby it's not music for example that that's playing and that conversation or that debate is happening on the radio they'll start to tune in to that conversation or that, that that the beige that's happening on radio, or if there's a television in the room or if they're not disciplined from the perspective of not switching on the TV, that can be a massive, massive distraction for people that are working from home. And that's what's happened over, over the pandemic period. So for me, my discipline is is such that I literally do not switch on the TV and I do not switch on the radio while I'm working from home from that perspective. So therefore, I'm not the, I'm not being distracted. Now that can be huge for a lot of people in terms of well they may say well I'll take a morning break or I'll take a lunch break and for the morning break or the lunch break they'll sit down with a cup of coffee or whatever the meal that they want to eat and they'll switch on the TV or switch on the radio and then all of a sudden before they know it they've gotten consumed in you know some particular program that's on Netflix or some series that they're watching and they get consume in that and then lo and behold a couple of hours later they're still sitting there okay. So the first part of God is just don't even switch them on in the first place. And um, so that that's one thing. It's all about ultimately forming your discipline and forming your habits. If you form the discipline, well, then you, it's easier than to form the habit. So look at it from that perspective. What are the habits that you currently have that you want to either do less of or want to eliminate from your life? And that, that goes to all aspects of your life and all aspects of your business. So whether it be your health, your eating, your diet, you know, whatever exercises, no matter what they are, we all have habits. So what are the habits that are serving you? And what are the habits that are not so much serving you? So for, for you, Nicole, it's a case of, okay, so you, you may have a habit, unconsciously, you may have a habit whereby, yeah, look, you, you'll open the phone. And the first thing you'll do is perhaps maybe open social media. Well, then how can you... Eliminate that as much as possible. Well, then is it a case of you remove those apps from your phone, you switch them off in, in some ways, or you just have the discipline and build a discipline to actually not access the social media platforms for, for one better word or whatever it is that you, you find yourself being distracted on. Just eliminate what actually doesn't serve you. That's, that's the ultimate thing. Now, there's a much bigger thing that I want to, to talk about when it comes to focus but I just want to check in with you from that perspective in terms of forming habits and forming discipline. What's what's your views or what's your thoughts or what what questions would you have around that?
1: So in terms of forming habits and and discipline, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for me because we, you know, especially during this pandemic, we get into new habits, but then we're kind of stuck there for a while because, you know, working from home, you wake up, you kind of jump into, you know, work immediately and there's no clear separation of the day. And so there's nothing to kind of tell you, oh, you need to stop doing this now um, and start on this. It's kind of all up to you now. And it goes back to, to what you said about motivation. So I'm wondering if, you know, some people are motivated by by having someone else keep them accountable. Uh, whether it's a work deadline or whether it's meeting a friend for coffee. And a lot of people, well, some people are motivated by a sense of pride or achievement in doing something. But I find that most people are motivated more by the negative consequences of something versus the rewards. So for example, for me, if I have a work deadline, right? And I need to get something to, let's say you or another client by the end of the day, and it's going to take me 10 hours to do it, for example, I'm going to be working fiercely on that all day, because I know I need to, well, if I haven't started, obviously, but if I need to do 10 hours of work on that, and it's due today, I'm going to be, you know, focused on that today, and so the distractions and interruptions wouldn't affect me as much as if, say, the deadline was in two weeks or something, and so that keeps me accountable, but it also causes a lot of stress, because yeah. I could have started on that piece of work earlier, but uh, I chose to wait until today because I was super distracted the last two weeks. And then I waited until today to start on the piece of work that I actually have to to summit or to turn in today. Yeah. So how do we move? How do I move from kind of that state where I'm in the habits that produce that kind of uh, motivation where I am, you know, held accountable to one where I'm more motivated to achieve and to complete something, if that, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> it makes it makes total perfect sense. And it actually leads quite nicely into into what I want to talk about in relation to, to focus. One thing I'll say is you're not alone. And I can rest assured that there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast and say, yeah, that sounds a bit like me. All right. So whereby human nature is that we will need – an external stimulus in order for us to do something. So that is the external motivation, and um, it's not internal within ourselves. So when it's external, when it comes to deadlines or there's something that we have to get done because there is a consequence of us not doing it, well then that's when it's going to have an impact. So you will tip, people will typically leave it to the last minute because it's an external influence. They're not intrinsically driven to actually achieve it. So, take it for, as the examples that you gave, Nicole, from the perspective of, look at it, you. You've you something to submit for for a client. It's, you've got a particular di- timeline out, and other business owners be, okay. Look at it, I. I need to generate more sales within the business, but you know, cash is fine right now at the moment. So therefore, there's no major consequence. But when cash starts to reduce, as I spoke about on the previous episode, you go into the feast and famine cycle. So when you go into the famine cycle, now there's that external impetus in order to actually do some action and and, and do some things. And that external impetus might be, well, if you run out of cash, well, then you're going to have to try and find some money from somewhere in order to pay the bills, to pay the staff, to pay your mortgage or your rent or whatever it be. So that's an external influence for the business owner or or anybody else for that matter. If you're an employee, your external motivator is that, well, if you don't get the work done by the deadlines and, and the set, Um, objectives of what you've been set for, well, then that external influence is your boss coming to you and say, well, you're fired, or you're going to go through a performance review. So these are all external influences. And they'll always operate from the perspective of, based on if there's a consequence, and the consequence might be financial, loss of job, loss of earnings, whatever it might be, okay? The key is to find the internal, the internal motivator. So, when it comes to focus, and whether it's focused throughout the day, the week, the month, or the year, your ultimate internal motivator will be your purpose. So, what I mean by that is that when you have a purpose and it's an inspired purpose and you have an inspired vision around what that purpose is, now that brings about a sense of urgency for yourself. It's intrinsic. Also, when you're working with your genius drivers, your genius drivers is what we discussed previously, work on an unconscious level, but it's those genius drivers that gives you that joy, that fulfillment, that passion, that motivation intrinsically and unconsciously within yourself. So a couple of different things. When you're working in line with your genius drivers, but you also have an inspired vision of what it is that you want to create, the mission that you want to fulfill in life, meaning your life purpose. You will have that intrinsic motivation to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. So, from my perspective, and I can, I, I can just talk for myself, but I can give you a whole load of other examples of relationship clients. When they're working on their purpose, they could work and I could work for X number of hours. It makes no difference the length of hours that I work because ultimately, what I'm doing is I'm working on my genius. I'm working with my genius drivers, but I'm working towards my purpose. So, when your purpose is an inspired purpose, meaning. You've got an inspired vision of what that is that you want to create and the difference you want to make or the impact you want to make. Well, then you're driven to actually achieve that. So now you're going to eliminate all the things that don't fit in line with your genius drivers and don't fit in line with your purpose. Now, most people don't have the purpose, they don't know what the purpose is in the first place, anyway. And that's a lot of the work that I do. But even apart from that, even think of it from the perspective of if you have a goal or objective that you want to achieve, if the goal or objective is inspired sufficiently for yourself and it's working with your genius drivers, well, then you will absolutely achieve that goal and objective. You'll do your best in order to actually achieve it and you'll forget about everything else. Think from the perspective of something that you wanted to achieve over the, over the past, in, in, even in your own life, Nicole, something that you want to achieve, you had that burning desire internally to actually achieve it. I can guarantee you had a laser focus in order to actually achieve that goal or that objective. For a lot of people, they don't have a goal or objective that inspires them. Now many people set New Year's resolutions, they set New Year's goals, and they set objectives and so on, but they're not inspiring enough, or they're not relevant, they're unconsciously not driven to actually achieve what it is that they're saying they want to achieve. There's no evidence to show that they want to achieve it. So what you want to look at is that is the goals and objectives that you're setting or even your purpose, is what you're setting in line with your genius driver, in line with your unconscious and in line with what is it inspiring enough for you to actually achieve it? And look at your goals and objectives, are, are they big enough? Because some people don't set big enough goals. They don't set big enough targets. They don't set big enough objectives. And therefore it's not necessarily hugely inspiring for them. So the more inspired your goals, your objectives, your purpose is, well, then the more laser-focused you're actually going to be, the two of them go hand in hand. And when you're working with your genius drivers, now you're getting that fulfillment from the work that you're doing. You're getting that joy. And as I always said, passion follows purpose. So when you're working on your purpose, that's when your passion increases and it increases exponentially. So therefore, now you're more and more motivated to actually achieve what it is that you want to achieve. So ultimately, it's from that perspective how you actually get laser focus and there's so many different examples that you can show from that
1: so your genius drivers pretty much affects everything in your life including how you spend your day-to-day um and your time
0: everything absolutely every single aspect of your life (laughs) all 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 aspects of your life yeah
1: and so the earlier a person discovers their genius drivers and their purpose the better they would be living their life
0: yeah yeah absolutely without a shadow of a doubt and I would say 92% of the population don't know what their genius drivers are. <laughs> so How
1: did you get that figure? <laughs> know, that's pretty specific. It's,
0: it's based on a lot of research that I've done and it's based on a lot of the people that come to me. They, they think they know what their internal drivers are or what they would consider what would be their genius drivers, but they're not. They're absolutely not. Um, so when we go through, we go through a process with them in terms of to identify what their unconscious genius drivers are. And then they realize, ah, okay, so that's what they are. And then when they start to work on them, now they actually see the difference of when they're actually working on them. And that's, that, that's huge. But you're right, it, it, it affects every single aspect of your life because it works on your unconscious. It's your unconscious blueprint. And that's what we get identified.
1: And the best way to discover your, finan- I mean, your genius drivers would be to work directly with you, correct?
0: They could work directly with me. I um, I do work on a one-to-one basis, but then I do have plans in order to, as part of our community, that I will work and identify with groups of people to actually um, identify what their genius drivers are. Yeah.
1: And could you give like a really high level summary of what, what that process looks like?
0: It's a series of questions that I go through, but I'm using my intuition. I'm using my guidance in terms of to make sure that because I know what the answers that the people give to the questions, I'll know whether they're right or wrong. And that's from an intuitive perspective. So I'm drilling down deeper and deeper and deeper in order to make sure that they do get them. And when they get them and they see the evidence in life, well, then now it's a case of, okay, so that's what they are. So I'm not necessarily, so yes, I'm working, I'm using my intuition, but on the other side, I'm actually bringing them down through methodology and bringing them down through process, which is part of the executive code. So when we go through that process, now, they can see the evidence in their life from the perspective of me asking the questions. And now, now when they can see the evidence in their life, now they can say, okay, so that's real. It's it's they it's it's confirmation for themselves to know, okay, now that makes sense. And because we look at a lot of different areas within their life in order to identify their genius drivers, now it's it's not just picking one thing, it's it's looking for evidence in multiple, multiple ways. And therefore, when they see all of that, now they kind of say, Okay, so now now it, the the confirmation for their conscious mind, which is what you want to get, because it's one thing working with your unconscious, but if your conscious mind does not accept it or believe it, well then now you've got you've got you, you've got difficulty. So now when you see the evidence, now the conscious mind can actually accept it, and therefore that's that's how you identify your genius drivers.
1: That's all really helpful. I guess I. I need to go discover what my genius drivers are. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs>
0: That's, That's the answer. It's, it's it's one piece. It's one piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. So your genius drivers, as we mentioned, there, there's four pieces, but your genius drivers is one significant piece in, in all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you work on that from the perspective of if you were, and, and again, I'll work with you on this, Nicole, in terms of identifying what your genius drivers are, and then you can actually see the difference for yourself in implementing it in your life. But as, as, as we said, it impacts on every single aspect of your life. I cannot emphasize that enough. But it also increases your self-worth and what it is that you want to pursue in your life. So that's how you maintain your focus. So one thing is in relation to building your habits, building your discipline. That, that's one thing. That's kind of daily day, day-to-day activities. But the other side, the ultimate side of things is identifying, okay, so what is your purpose? What are your genius drivers? What is it that you're going to be inspired to be motivated towards? And that's intrinsic within yourself. And that's what we do within the executive code community. That's what we do on a one-to-one basis. So if you want to find out more about how we do that, come on over and join us in the executive code community. We run a weekly mastermind meeting um, where you can ask whatever questions you want and get the support of the community members there as well. So all the links are on the show notes. And you can also go to our website, paulwilliamdavis.com to find out more resources and how to connect with ourselves within the community itself. But until the next time, I wish you every success.